Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. Today, we're going to be slowing things down and doing a little solo, taking it back to the basics episodes here, all about, you might call them the Jonas Brothers, I call them the job bras, because back when I was, I don't know, I want to say middle school, but let's be honest, it was probably high school, I went to a Jonas Brothers concert with my sister, and I was like obsessed with the Jonas Brothers when I was a kid. I used to get, I don't know if you guys remember, like the Tiger Beat and J14 magazines for like tweens. Anyway, I was at teenager age, and... um I would rip out like the posters from the magazine and hang them over my room. I like knew all the lyrics and my sister and I went, she might've been in college. She did not know anything about them. And I was like, they're the Joe bros. And she kept calling them the job bras. You know how your older sister is always doing something just a little bit cooler that you want to mimic? Anyway, I call them the job bras now, and I think it's very, very fun. Um, we are going to be talking about all of them today, and I'm including the bonus Jonas, okay? Frankie's going to be a little bit on here as well. And this was inspired by two things. Number one, obviously the divorce between Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. We did an entire um, long solo episode of them, I don't know, maybe two weeks. Oh my God, three weeks ago on the Patreon. So we dove all into their relationship. I'll be bringing in little snippets of what we talked about on that episode here. Um, And also what we just covered on Patreon this past Friday was a Hannah Montana episode. So, I mean, we're really taking it back to the nostalgic past this week. It's been fun for me. I've been watching old clips and what can I say? Like maybe I don't have a developed palette. I still, I still listen to old school Jonas Brothers, sorry, not their new stuff, sorry, um, and old school Hannah Montana. And you know what? I think it's fine. This is why I hate anytime you're out on a date too and a guy's like, so like, what music do you listen to? I'm like, knock it off with that question. Have you heard of Selena Gomez in the scene? That's who I listen to. Have you, have you heard of Hannah Montana um, on one side and then Miley Stewart on the other side? Like, that's what I listen to. I listen to uh, Ashley Tisdale and like Vanessa Hudgens. You can't ask me that question. Like I don't, you know, I don't listen to anyone cool. So something else I also did to prepare for this episode was I watched their documentary. Shout out to Kelly Williams from Beyond the Blinds. I was, um, her and her girlfriend Blair went to go see the Jonas Brothers in concert. And I was asking them, you know, like, what were they like? What do you think? They're big job raw stands. Um, and she recommended that I watch their documentary on Amazon Prime called Chasing Happiness is a really good documentary. It, you know, it told a little bit about their story. I felt like they were vulnerable. Um, and it's going to be great to kind of weave into here, uh, everything about them. So real quick, before we get into the intro, I just want to talk about my old thoughts on the job bras and then my new thoughts. When I was young, I thought Nick Jonas was the cutest thing to ever exist. Like I had curly hair at the time. I, you know, and if you're in middle school with curly hair, like normally like you're insecure about it because you just want like the pretty shiny straight hair anyway and Nick Jonas I was like oh well he's cute with the curly hair so like look at this and also I really liked him because he was the shy quiet one 
who's my favorite now? I could tell you Nick is now my least favorite because I just feel like when he started talking, I didn't really like what he was saying. I don't know if you guys watched um, uh, the roast of the Jonas Brothers on Netflix. I just felt like Nick was coming across as like very cocky and kind of douchey and not the sweet little 12 year old that I fell in love with, which I know sounds crazy. Um, So then for a little bit, I was kind of a Joe girl because I was like, look, he straightens his hair. So do I. We can bond over that. He's funny. He's a silly, goofy guy. Now with the Sophie Turner stuff, I'm on my last chance with Kevin. But the thing is, Kevin has the same face as one of my ex-boyfriends. So honestly, if I had to say who my favorite is, I'm going to say bonus Jonas. And come on over to um, Instagram this week because we're going to be doing different polls about all of them and their ladies. And I want to know which Jabra is your favorite. Um, The documentary, like I said, very, very good. I did think, you know, obviously a documentary is planned. You know, it's just so hard to watch somebody in their house trying to be like doing B-roll. And you just know that they were asked to do the B-roll, and there's a whole camera crew section there. Sometimes it gives me 74 Vogue questions types of vibes. And I did want to make a note of this. I think um, Kevin Jonas seems like a fantastic father, and he seems like a really, really nice guy. I do think that it's funny that when they were doing B-roll in the documentary to kind of He was talking about how now the most important thing is being a husband and a father and being a father is really his job. And then they cut to a B-roll clip of him, I don't know, like at the grocery store or something, calling up Danielle and being like, hey, by the way, for the diaper size, is it um, is it three, four or five that we need? And she was like, oh, it's a four. And he's like, "Okay, okay, I thought so. Thanks. This is so nitpicky, but I just think it's funny that literally in the documentary, they're like, and now he's such a good father. And I'm like, well, a good dad should know the size of his diaper. This is, yeah, I'm being a little bit bitchy, but here's the thing. Like, oh, he's such a good dad. Like you have just as much onus on you to know the diaper size as your wife. And I just find it funny that in the B-roll of him saying that he's like the greatest dad, he's still calling up mommy and asking her for her help. Like, when are we going to see the day when the wife calls up the husband and asks him and he's the one who knows the diaper size? I don't know why I have my my diaper in such a wad. I don't even have freaking kids, but I just found that interesting. Like, we're still a ways away. You know what I mean? Okay, let's get a little bit into the intro of kind of the timeline of the Jonas, Jonas Brothers um, and how they came to be and how they got famous. So this band was formed in 2005, and it's the three bras. It's Kevin, Joe, and Nick. They started off on their own making music, and then they kind of merged with the Disney Channel TV network. And I feel like that's a pretty big misconception for a lot of people because they did inevitably end up having their own show, Jonas, which we'll talk about later, on the Disney Network. They were part of Camp Rock. They were, you know, merged into that, oh, wait a minute, how can I forget? The greatest song they ever did, Send It On. On and on, just one spark can start a fire, which ironically enough, that whole song, remember, it was the Jonas Brothers, um, Demi, Miley, and Selena. And they sang the song that was all about like the environment and helping make a change. One spark can start a fire, forest fire, you know? I wonder if they did that on purpose. Anyway, it was very... <laughs> 
it was very funny because in the music video, which like if you know what I'm talking about, if you're from that Disney era, you remember the send it on parentheses like, I don't know, change for a better future type of song. They put Nick with Miley. Then they put Joe with Demi and then they put Kevin with Selena and everybody at the time was kind of laughing because, you know, Nick and Joe and Miley and Demi have the strong vocals. And then at the end they were like, oh, Selena and Kevin, like you guys pair up. And like, of course it should have been paired up that way. There were also romantic rumors between, I mean, all of them, they kind of ended up dating each other. But anyway, that song always sends me. So yeah, people thought that they were part of the Disney machine, but they actually weren't. They kind of got plugged into it later. So the Jonas Brothers were raised and they grew up in New Jersey, just like me. That was like a fun fact that I knew growing up. And did you know there's actually a ton of musicians that come out of Jersey? I mean, we got the boss, Bruce Springsteen, of course. We have Frank Sinatra, Whitney Houston, Paul Simon, Bon Jovi, um, of course, the Jersey Boys, the Four Seasons, you know, Frankie Valli, um, and My Chemical Romance. But you know who never appears on any of these lists? The Jonas Brothers. I find it so funny that they are, I don't know, you really saw this in the documentary. Like, yes, they're called the Jonas Brothers. Yes, they kind of have this Disney reputation attached to them, but they are selling out huge stadiums or arenas, whatever the difference is. They're massive. Like, they're on tour and they're making bank and they've been big for a while. And in the documentary, like at their height, they shut down Times Square with all of these fans mobbing them. Like, they're huge. But they don't appear on any of these lists. I just don't know if they're ever going to be considered real musicians, even though they are, right? Like they sing, they write, they make the music. It's very, very funny how that Disney image can taint you. Like I feel like Miley Cyrus has broken out of it 10 freaking years later, but it's really hard for people. And I would feel bad for them. Um, but I think Joe Jonas is a dick and I don't like Nick anymore. So I don't know. I don't really feel that bad. Ooh. Okay. So, uh, the TLDR is basically, they were together, they were making music. They got into the Disney circuit. They were doing the movie, the TV show, and then they broke up and you want to know why they broke up? douchey little Nick wanted to go out on his own and he wanted to do solo projects. And they talked about this a little bit in the documentary and it was not an easy breakup. Like I think that those three brothers really, really struggled with it. Apparently they all had to go into therapy after it, which they talked a little bit about candidly in interviews. I will say as much as we don't like Joe Jonas right now for what he's doing to Sophie Turner, he gives some very juicy, juicy quotes um, throughout the last couple of years. So we're going to be getting to some of those in this episode. But yes, Nick wanted to go off on his own. He felt like the job bras were kind of holding him back creatively. He wanted to make more music, experiment with different sounds, and it seemed like Kevin and Joe didn't want to. So he went off on his own. He found, you know, a little bit of success. Joe went off on his own, crashed and burned the first time. Then when he ended up forming the band DNCE, they did a little bit better. And Kevin had his reality show, and they were kind of apart. Um, then after six years, they came back together, March 2019, with the song Sucker, what a good song. I'm a sucker for you. And now, obviously, they're on tour and the job bras are back, baby. So, how did this all start? How'd you get your start? It was actually Nick who is the reason that any of this got started. So, he was always a very, uh, like, 
singing type of kid into musical theater and he was overheard singing in a barber shop when his mom was getting her hair cut and somebody next to him said to the mom oh you know my son's on broadway right now right pretty close by because they're in jersey your son could be on broadway too so he ends up performing on broadway and then he gets um basically this opportunity to give a demo to different executives and he sends over some songs of himself singing and then he puts Kevin and Joe on one of the songs for the demo and then this record label hears it and they go oh my god I think that these three guys have something very very uh cool going on and it definitely started as a family project obviously the three brothers are working on this together but the mom is driving Nick to and from all of these Broadway shows the dad is a pastor and he also sings and plays the piano so he's helping Nick put together this um album the family was very very involved I kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit, a little bit when parents are pushing their children. It's hard because you want to encourage that talent and you want them to level up their skills and do what they love. But I don't I, like the idea of having your kid on Broadway, I think is fine. The idea of sending out a demo and trying to chase kind of after that fame. I don't, let me know what you think. I don't know too much about the parents. It just does raise my eyes a little bit. Um, there is a funny quote from their mother, Denise, though. She, she said, uh, to me, there's nothing more frustrating than being around a child who's annoying. We taught our kids proper manners. It's important for parents not to be afraid of their kids' talent. And I just have to say, that quote is so real. Her being like, there's nothing more frustrating than being around a child who's annoying. Here's my hottest take of all time, because uh, if you're over on TikTok, you'll know that I was uh, destroyed by the Swifties this past week. Let's do it. Cancellation round two. Here's my other hottest take. I also hate when people have annoying dogs. Ooh, like I, th I think there's so many people out there who do not train their dogs. And the idea that you could go over to a friend's house and their dog will like jump up on you, scratch your legs red raw, you know, basically like scratch the sequins off of like a shirt that you're wearing and then like sniff and lick your crotch and like jump up on the couch with you and try to eat your food while the whole time your friend's like, uh-huh, just like push them away, like whatever. It's like... Dude, like, I'm sorry. Like, this is what I think. If I came over to your house and your brother was there and your brother did all of the same actions to me, like scratching my legs red raw, you know, sniffing my crotch, like licking my face and like trying to eat my food, you would tell your brother to knock it off and you would train your brother. And you, pro I mean, honestly, you would probably have him arrested if he did those actions. But if a dog does it, it's totally fine. And it's not that I'm not a dog person. I just love dogs when they're trained. And I feel like so many people nowadays feel like you don't have to train your dog. Anyway, don't kill me guys. I can't, I can't handle another, I can't handle another situation this month. Anyway, what were we talking about? That's right. The job raw mother not liking kids who are annoying. That's pretty real. Um, like I said, they had a po pastor father growing up and they actually lived a couple doors down from the church. So, I mean, they were at the church every day. This is a quote from Joe Jonas. He says, I sat in the first pew of the church and I had to wear a suit every Sunday because my parents wanted me to be this role model that I didn't always want to be. After the, then basically he said that there was a financial scandal at the former church. There's all, you know what I mean? There's always like financial scandals, abuse scandals. And I'm not saying this of Christianity in spe like specifically. I'm saying this of all religions and all government institutions and all schools and all police for basically anything where there's like one power 
that resides and a bunch of people who cover up what's happening. There's a lot of nasty corruption that goes on. Anyway, so after that financial scandal, Joe says, after that, the concept of church really upset me for a long time. I mean, I believe in God and that's a personal relationship that I have, but I'm not religious in any way. So I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I really resonate with that. I grew up going to church. I don't go to church anymore, but I do believe in something, you know, bigger than myself, more of like a spiritual lens. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, you know, they can't help it that their dad's a pastor. I'm sure he was one of those nice pastors and it wasn't anything, you know, twisted. But I don't know. Then I started reading some more quotes, okay? This was a quote talking about how we all remember how they wore purity rings growing up. This is another quote from the mom, the mom who doesn't like the kids, <laughs> the annoying kids. Um, her mom said this about the purity rings to Newsweek, quote, they are men. They have desires. They have testosterone. If they make a mistake, I'm not going to hate them. I don't think they are above or below getting seduced. Now, if you read that really quick, you might go, oh, that's nice. She's a mom. She's open-minded. You know, oh, wear the ring, but if you have desires, you know, I'm not going to hate you. Even just calling it like they have desires and then at the end, or wait, okay, here's a th it's three things. One, she says they have desires. Framing like desiring someone is a bad thing. Like immediately like, God, I'm getting flashbacks to the church. Like you feel guilty after masturbating. Lust is horrible. You know, loving someone of the same sex is like a sin. And it's just like, I hate that. Desire is good. Lust is good. Love is good. You should, loving someone, anyone should be absolutely celebrated and not looked down at all. Anyway, so I don't like how she's like, they have desires as like this, you know, burden that they have. Then I don't like how she says, if they make a mistake, I'm not going to hate them. So already you're phrasing the idea of having sex as a mistake. And then the third thing in this quote, she says, I don't think they are above or below being seduced. Being seduced? Jesus, we're going back to, you know, the Garden of Eden with like the snake and the apple and Eve did this and she, oh my God, it was seduced and seduction. The devil made me do it. What's, <laughs> what's that quote on TikTok where someone's like, let's just say the devil made me do it. And also like no shade, but we kind of know at this point that Joe Jonas was like finger banging anyone, you know, who came within walking distance of him. Um, so that whole idea of like, oh, they were being seduced. Come on, Denise. I mean, she has four sons. That's like a very boy mom quote to say. They're above or below getting seduced. Please. Please. Now I'm getting really mad about it, too. We also talked about this in the Joe and Sophie episode over on Patreon. But in Joe's Reddit AMA, somebody asked him about his virginity. I also talked about this on TikTok. This was his quote. Ooh, it still makes me mad, even though I talked about it, you know, three weeks ago. He goes, I lost my virginity to this girl named Ashley. You can probably just Google it. It's pretty easy, easy to figure out. I dated a girl Ash named Ashley, so just Google it to figure out which Ashley that is. And then he goes into the story, which is about how like he had to go into his roommate's room to find condoms. Okay, <laughs> take a shot every time he says Ashley, and you, you won't be able to drive. He also, was he sponsored by Google? He shouts out, he makes a call to action twice in that AMA to Google who Ashley is and try to figure it out. That's so heinous. Do you know what I mean? Did the devil make him do that? You know, was he seduced by the Reddit AMA? Like, come on, such a shitty thing to do. How awful. Anyway, I'm getting off track. Let's, let's go back here to the timeline. 
they put in their demo, they record a song called Please Be Mine with like very simple lyrics where you're probably rhyming like mine with time and, and all of that the stuff. End of time. Columbia Records president decides to sign them as a group, and they say, you know what, let's call our group the Sons of Jonas. And they were in between, before they settled on the Jonas Brothers, they were in between Sons of Jonas or calling themselves J3. And this was a quote from Joe. He says, "Uh, we were working on it for so long, and our dad had to drive us to the recording studio every day, but calling ourselves J3 just felt like a boy band name. He said, we hated the name. I remember turning to my brothers before that show and saying, do you want our name to be J3 for the rest of our lives? When we got on stage, I was the one to announce to the crowd, hey, we're the Jonas Brothers. Nice and simple, definitely an improvement. And I do think J3 isn't good. I think the Jonas Brothers is better. I will say Sons of Jonas might have been a better name just for their reputation and where they are right now. I spend a lot of time, sadly, thinking about why the Jonas Brothers have this like lame Disney reputation that follows them, you know? You know, it could be the purity rings. It could be the flat ironed hair, although there were tons of people doing it back then. It could be the Disney thing or having your embarrassing teenage years on records. But also something about family, unfortunately, in today's day and age, isn't cool. And I mean, I love my family. I think we're actually we're not cool, but that's why I love us. But it affects them more than other boy bands because of the name. And there have been tons of family bands that haven't had a little bit of like a dorky reputation. So we have the Jackson 5, the Coors. You guys know the Coors. You definitely know the song Breathless. They're this great Irish band. There's Runaway, Only When I Sleep. God, they have such good songs. Beach Boys, ACDC, these are all family bands or bands with multiple family members in it. And they're all so much cooler than the Jonas Brothers. And maybe it is in the name, the Jonas Brothers. Maybe Sons of Jonas would have been a little bit cooler. But also, now that I think about it, um, they did do Camp Rock. And it is... It's a little bit hard to come back from Camp Rock. You know, the Beach Boys, ACDC, they never did Camp Rock. So while they are working on their debut studio album, they toured throughout 2005 with these artists, Kelly Clarkson, Jesse McCartney, the Backstreet Boys, and the Click Five. I love the Click Five. I mean, and by that, I mean I love the song Just the Girl because I don't know what else they do. Um, And then they spent the later portion of that year on a tour with Allie and AJ and the Cheetah Girls, and they opened for the Veronicas in early 2006. And this is when half of these people, they didn't even have a debut studio album out yet. And then the other half, they had just put out their one album, and these were like the big names of the time. So I, you know, I try to do a little bit of digging because, you know, I see something like that and I go, it's giving rich family. Like you don't even have your debut album, like you're working on your debut album and you're touring with Kelly Clarkson, Jesse McCartney, Backstreet Boys and Click Five. And I will say they didn't cover that part in the documentary. They didn't talk about all of these incredible collaborations, but they did talk a lot about how they were at one point with their uncle, seven people living in one house and, you know, they didn't have any money and, you know, they were struggling to get by. I just want to know what the real story is. I'm sure that, you know, what they said is true and they did struggle and go through hardships, but they also didn't mention any of these like 
incredible connections that they had. I don't know. Especially, too, because they got associated with Disney in 2007. And this was in 2005 and 2006 when they're working with Veronica's, Allie and AJ, Cheetah Girls, Backstreet Boys, Jesse McCartney. Let me know how you think that happened. I'm just saying it's making um, my ears perk up a little bit. Something else that I want to call out is they were young when they first started. So when they were working on their first studio album, Kevin was 17, Joe was 15, and Nick was 12. And, you know, 17 and 15 are young too. 12 is crazy to me. Today's episode is brought to you by Jenny Kane. As the Jonas Brothers in this episode here are expanding their music taste as they get older, guess what? I'm getting older too. And by that I mean my wardrobe is getting older because I'm trying to change things based off of my age. And I have a lot of people writing in on Instagram when we do AMAs and they say, Shannon, I am at this point in my life where I'm out of college, but I'm not yet like in my you know 40s, 50s, have a fam. What do I wear at this stage of life? Jenny Kane has the answer for you. They are this California brand. They've got clothing staples. They are minimalist. They are effortless, totally refined. They've got luxurious cashmere sweaters, iconic timeless accessories, the type of dresses where it looks like someone just threw it on, but you're like, how did it, ju- how did it just like lays right? Do you know what I mean? I think everything, I sometimes I just browse their website for fun because it soothes me because that's how good the clothing looks. So if you want to find your forever pieces, go to JennyKane.com. Our listeners are going to get 15% off your first order when you use code fluently at checkout. That's 15% off your first order. J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code fluently. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. So anyway, they end up releasing their studio album, It does really, really well. They do uh, a second album. They get dropped by Columbia Records in early 2007, and they're without a label for a bit. Then they get signed with Hollywood Records in 2007, and that is when they move into the Disney circuit, baby. And we've got some juicy little quotes here from Joe Jonas about what it was like working with Disney. He said uh, to Vulture, I went through media training and I hated it. They teach you how to change the subject whenever you are asked an uncomfortable question by saying something like, oh, that reminds me of my dog. I have a great story about my dog. Playing dumb is the best way to get out of anything. Being a part of the Disney thing for so long will make you not want to be this perfect little puppet forever. And I just think it's a careful balance. Like, yes, you want to be authentic, so authentic that you're telling people to look up the girl that you lost your virginity to on a Reddit AMA in 2016? No. Get that media training back, boy. Especially, too, now with everything that he's saying about Sophie Turner, you could use a little media training. You might want to go back and look at your notebooks from what Disney said, you know? Like, authenticity is great, um, but you also need to have manners and respect if you're going to be talking about people that, like, you've been intimate with, etc., I also am always so curious about just how much Disney does play a role in your creativity or what type of work that you do. Joe had another interesting quote here about that. He said, if a lyric was slightly adult, someone at the record company would tell us we had to change it. It could be the most innocent reference, like I'm alone in a room with you, and it would have to go. It felt like we couldn't be creative, so we stopped listening to them, and we just started handling shit in. Which, by the way, then makes me really wonder how Ashley Tisdale got away with the song He Said, She Said. I could see his touching like that. I could see his moving like that. And there's like different moans throughout the songs, too. 
It's like, just stop. Like, uh, uh, uh. I don't know. What the fuck am I doing it? Anyway. (laughs) If you've listened to He Said, She Said, it's like a pretty horny song. And she did that before the Jonas Brothers. So Mm, I don't know how that happened. Okay, let's get back to 2007. They start being big their songs are being played on the disney channel and what really sends them into the stratosphere is when he they guest star on an episode of hannah montana called me and mr jonas and mr jonas and mr jonas and you'll remember that episode i know i certainly do this is also when we have nick jonas and miley cyrus meeting and having a little love connection there they reference it slightly in the documentary just that nick was like head over heels for her and i'm like i want more tell us more what is young love like on a disney set So then they end up doing Camp Rock and Joe was actually offered the lead in this and Nick and Kevin weren't supposed to be in it at all, but the Jonas Brothers dad called up Disney and said, look, why don't you have them be in a band? We can't split the boys up. So then they are all in Camp Rock together and um, Camp Rock, yeah, Camp Rock was cringe. I mean, it was fun. It was like a little bit cringe. Then they did the TV show Jonas. And in the documentary, all three of them were like, it was the worst mistake of our career doing Jonas. It was like completely set us back and it wasn't good whatsoever. It was so embarrassing. And I remember as a kid watching the show Jonas and I kind of liked it. I didn't think it was half bad. I would say if anything, you know, was embarrassing. It was probably Camp Rock. I kind of liked the Jonas show. I don't know. They had like a cool house. I remember that. I like their outfits. Anyway, so in 2011, um, after they've been with Disney for a bit and they just absolutely skyrocket in success and everybody, me included, is putting posters of, you know, one of the brothers on their walls, they then take a hiatus to work on their solo careers. Joe puts out his flop album called Fast Life and Nick creates his band Nick Jonas and the Administration while Kevin jerks off in the basement and plays video games. No, he studied music production, but you know, whatever. I do think it's funny that the band was named Nick Jonas and the Administration. How did how did they pick these names? Remember when um, back in the day it was Selena Gomez and the Scene, and it's basically just like insert Disney Channel star's name here and a synonym for the word group, like the Scene, the Administration, like the gaggle, the group, the bunch. Like I don't know. I just the Administration. I never really listened to much of it. So anyway, then, you know, it kind of starts, ooh, a little bit of uh, news in the air. Are they going to be getting back together? We have a quote from Kevin saying, I think the tides are perfectly lining up for the future of the Jonas Brothers again. So they come together in 2012 and they say, we're going on tour. We're doing a world tour, 2012, 2013. And they do a little bit of the tour and then they cancel the 23 tour dates that are left. They cite a deep rift within the band over creative differences and they split up again. And this time they're split up for six years. So before it was kind of like, we're doing a break to do our side projects. We need a break. We'll be back. And this is when they officially split for six years. Um, This is also when big things happen in terms of they all end up loved up with wives, which we're going to be talking about later, the different relationships. And when they do come back, it's February 2019, and they release the single Sucker. I've been dancing and 
Oh, that's a good one. We're going to talk about that very soon. The last thing I want to mention here, just in the info before we get into the fun facts and the gossip and the relationship, is the philanthropy. So they have a thing where they donate 10% of their earnings uh, to charity. And I read this sentence, and th this was my emotions when I read the sentence. They go, the Jonas Brothers earned an estimated $12 million in 2007 and have donated 10% of their earnings. Oh, my God, so nice. To their charity, Change the Children Foundation. Hmm. Hmm. Change the Children, Change for the Children Foundation, started by the Jonas Brothers. Oh. Has contributors donate to charities such as Nothing But Nets, American Diabetes Foundation, St. Jude's, whatever. Um, it's nice that they donate so much. That's some good philanthropy. Why don't you donate directly to those charities? You know what I mean? Like, ooh, we, we started charity, so we donate to our own charity, and then that charity funnels the donations to different places. And I mean, look, our nonprofit, the one that um, my family and I work on, Share in Africa, we do a little bit of that where sometimes like we, we will collect donations, and then we funnel a majority of them to a secondary school in Bukoba, and then there's also a woman's group in Mwanza and other places in East Africa that we will donate to that have the same mission. But the difference here is, you know, we have a relationship with those schools. We've been working with them for eight years. We know exactly what's happening. The contractors who work on the projects. I don't think that the Jonas Brothers have these like tight partnership relationships with American Diabetes Foundation, St. Jude's Research Hospital, the Children's Hospital in LA. You know, like these people are like rock stars and on Instagram. So I just find that suspicious that they are putting this money into their own foundation rather than donating directly to the American Diabetes Foundation. Okay, let's get a little bit into job raw fun facts. <laughs> so Joe Jonas has said that he was very embarrassed by his flat ironed hair and dance moves in Camp Rock. He said, my dance moves in Camp Rock were so terrible. I think my flat iron hair and my squeaky voice are a little embarrassing. Also, I watch it now and realize it was so many years ago. It really is just bad quality. It just reminds me of how much older I am now. When I see old merchandise from Camp Rock days or somebody is like, oh my God, Camp Rock is my jam, I really have a hard time believing them. And I feel for him because it was corny. But also, um, I wouldn't be embarrassed of his flat ironed hair. I thought it looked hot. I don't know what that says about me. He's just got such good eyebrows. Like, I thought the eyebrows and the flat ironed hair looked good. And yeah, Camp Rock was a little bit cringe, but like, who cares? You're on top of the world. I love it when people, here, here's what I think people don't understand. To me, I think I wrote a blog post on this once. The number one quality that like turns me Shannon on is when someone is unafraid to be embarrassed like I think that's so, like yes baby like I love Austin Powers because I feel like Austin Powers and I know that he's a fictional character but I feel like he'll do something embarrassing in her trip or he'll spill something and instead of pretending like it didn't happen he'll be like oh look at that like you know, like, you've got my heart so stopped up that I had to let go of this glass of water. Or I don't know, something like that. Like, he leans into it, and he's like, oh, yeah, I made a mess. Here I am in my mess. I feel like Conan O'Brien does that a lot, too. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, I feel like Logan Paul does it sometimes, which might be why I'm sometimes attracted to him. Oh, anyway, moving on. 
But then I feel like there's other people. In my blog post, I basically said I'm more attracted to Austin Powers' character than Ryan Gosling's character in Crazy Stupid Love because I feel like that type of character, the male bravado, like I'm putting this on, I'm such a Casanova type, if something embarrassing happens, they try to cover it up and pretend like it didn't happen rather than proudly being like, hey, this embarrassing thing happened, like look at it. So I think I just feel like if Joe really is embarrassed by Camp Rock and he wants to come out on top of it, rather than being like, oh, my flat ironed hair and like my squeaky voice, instead he should be like, Camp Rock forever. I'm going to be the counselor next year. You know, like everybody wants, that's how I got my canoe skills, obviously, was Camp Rock. And you know what? Sometimes I think of bringing the flat ironed hair back because why not, you know? Like then I feel like it wouldn't be this embarrassing thing that make people go, oh my God. And same with the purity rings, you know? Like, they're so embarrassed by that. And I think if instead of saying, oh, my God, it was embarrassing, be like, dude, I retained my semen for like 17 years. And that's why I'm so good on stage, you know, like just lean into it and and make it like a fun joke. I don't know. That's what I would have done. Okay, Kevin. (laughs) Kevin is the subject of this meme that you might have seen online called Lonely Kevin. And it's basically a picture of Kevin standing on a sidewalk with his phone in one hand and kind of a confused expression. And it like took off online and became a thing. Um, Joe said in his cursed Reddit AMA in 2016, it's actually a really funny story because we were legit late for something and Kevin was waiting on the corner. Nick and I were both together and we were heading to meet up with him and he was just waiting on the corner looking at his phone. And now it's a part of the whole meme family. I'm really proud. There's something about, if you haven't read Joe Jonas's AMA from 2016, give it a read. It just gave, and I talked about this on TikTok, there was also another um, thing on there where he talked about how they were made fun of on South Park, and Joe was like, yeah, it was like kind of cringe that like we were made fun of, but like they did a good job of it, like how cool to be on the show. Everything he said, I'm being so nitpicky, but like whatever. Everything he said came across to me as halfway authentic, but it also came across as Joe is someone who cares a lot about what people think about him, especially on the internet, and he wants cool points all the time. And I feel like even in this response, right, he's like, oh, yeah, it's like a part of a meme. Like, I'm really proud. Like, I'm, I'm sick with the memes. And like, it's this girl, Ashley, and like, you can Google her. And like, we are on South Park and like, blah, blah, blah. It just, um, there's a lot of references to internet culture and what the internet thinks of him is very, very important to him is, is the vibe that I got from that. But give it a read. Let me know what you think. Now, another way that Nick and Joe are together, obviously they did their own solo careers. They're the only ones that sing for the most part. And Nick and Joe also have matching arrow tattoos on their arms. So they got this before attending the 2016 VMAs and they documented it on social media. It is interesting how much they do things without Kevin. Like I know some of this is meme, but also some of this is fact. And in the documentary, there was a time when they were on like their side projects or their split or whatever. And Kevin and Nick, or sorry, Joe and Nick were asked to play at the show. And they said they weren't going to be doing any Jonas Brothers songs. It was just going to be like Nick's music and Joe's music. So they went and then the whole show ended up being Jonas Brothers song and Kevin wasn't there 
for any of it. Like he wasn't singing. And he said in the documentary, it was the hardest moment of my life, which, um, kind of a fluffy life, isn't it? But I understand how that could be hard. Um, so I think that it's interesting that after things like that, you know, they're getting matching tattoos. Like I, I don't know, I would just feel so bad and be so aware of it that I would be like, we can't get a tattoo unless Kevin is here. Like we don't want to make him feel bad. Other tattoos that the boys have, Nick has a tattoo that reads, God is greater than the highs and lows, and he has another one that says mercy. So I feel like he maybe resonates more with, um, I don't know, religion than Joe does. Joe has got some tattoos. He has a slice of cake um, in honor of his song, Cake by the Ocean, which, by the way, that is about eating ass, isn't it? That was a rumor I heard. Cake by the ocean, and it's like, <laughs> the cake is the butt by the ocean, and I guess the ocean is the wet pussy. Um, is it about that? Is it about eating ass with, with the vagina right there? Write in and let me know. Mom, dad, if you're listening, you know, write in and let me know. He's also got tattoos of two ropes joined together, an axe, an image of his grandfather, a portrait of Freddie Mercury, which actually kind of makes so much sense now. I feel like, oh my God, that makes so much sense now. I feel like he's really trying to embody Freddie Mercury. Remember when he had that stash, which I'm not going to lie, the mustache looked really good on Joe Jonas. Let me look up a picture of it. Yeah, I like a thick mustache. I love it. Which, by the way, it's so thick because, like I said, he retained his semen for so long. So that's why he has all the testosterone for this. Joe Jonas has good hair, okay? He's got good hair. He's got thick eyebrows. And when he had that Miami Vice porn star thick mustache, I what can I say? I freaking liked it. And he also, we talked about this in the Patreon episode of him and Sophie, um, they have matching Toy Story-inspired tattoos. What's going to happen to them now that they're divorced? Who knows? Kevin has four birds inked on his arm in honor of his wife and his two kids. And then he also has a tattoo inspired by Danielle's look in the Sucker music video. It's like an outline of her in the big, floofy, pink tulle dress that she was wearing. Which, I want to talk real quick about the Sucker music video. What a music video. I'm going to talk about the girls in it because they were the coolest part of it. The girls are like the most interesting thing about the Jonas Brothers. Sophie Turner. I feel like they all were their personality in the music video where Sophie is like a cool cat. All of her looks at Joe Jonas, like the eye contact, it was giving like cat to me, like a sexy little cat. I'm literally not beating the furry allegations, but yeah, she was just looking like a cool cat and very different, you know, like unique and like dry humor and like sarcastic and goofy. Priyanka, who spoiler for the rest of the episode, out of these six, you know, the bras and their bows, there we go, that's kind of, I don't know, a catchphrase, Um, Priyanka is my favorite. It started when I watched the roast of the Jonas Brothers and Danielle didn't speak in it because I think she was sick or something. And Sophie was funny, but, you know, I kind of expected her to be a little bit funnier because she seems like such a, you know, class clown. Priyanka, I feel like is my favorite for multiple of reasons. One, so beautiful to look at. Good God. Two, I feel like she's in it to win it. Like I feel like she's dead. I also feel like she's giving kind of classic celebrity. And I know everybody, especially in the blind items is like Priyanka Chopra is just so thirsty. She loves attention. She wants more fame, but she does fame. I've been saying for a while, I want to bring back like the old Hollywood glamour type of celebrity, like who does red carpets and kind of puts on a show and an air and, you know, has the beautiful pearls and everything. And I feel like that is Priyanka Chopra. Nowadays, when everybody's, remember when Troy, um, Makiti from Beyond the Blinds came on 
Oscar. I think it was the episode about Lana Del Rey. And he was like, yeah, because celebrities now go on Instagram live and like start farting. Priyanka Chopra would never. I feel like she's giving, I don't know, like your hair and a nice updo and you have lipstick on and you're smiling for the camera. So anyway, we'll talk about her and Nick later. But I just feel like I liked her in the music video because she likes getting dressed up. She likes the camera on her and she's very, very supportive. And you can tell she admires and respects Nick, which I don't know why, um, but she does. Danielle in the music video was also kind of giving me her personality because she was seeming shy, but also sweet. I feel like I haven't seen Married with Jonas, which was the reality show that they did. And I have to say one thing about Danielle. I love her nose. She's got a great slope of the nose. I find it very attractive. Okay, back to more fun facts. Joe, he's so messy. So I do like that he's messy. He said that he first tried Marijuana with Disney stars Demi Lovato and Miley Cyrus. He said, I must have been 17 or 18. They kept saying, try it, try it. So I gave it a shot and it was all right. I don't even smoke weed that often anymore. Now, that is what he said in 2013. And after having read his blind items for the Patreon episode, I'm just like, you liar. Like maybe you're not doing you know, you're smoking pot anymore, but that's because you don't have enough time with all the cocaine you're doing, you know? (laughs) So this is, maybe this is the Disney media training he was talking about. He's like, oh, like distract them from the cocaine. Like, let me tell you how much I don't do marijuana. (laughs) And by the way, while doing research for this episode and the Hannah Montana one, I had an idea. Should Fluently Forward smoke salvia as like a throwback to that time Miley Cyrus got caught doing it? I feel like that could be a fun TikTok video. So tune in in a couple of weeks when I go live smoking salvia because I don't know. I feel like that would be fun. Today's episode is brought to you by Lumi Deodorant and you need good deodorant because when you smell bad, it is like the armpits version of a purity ring, Jonas Brothers style, okay? So if you want to manage your B.O., Um, I feel like that would be most of you, right? There might be a few who like it. Anyway, but if you are like me and you struggle with sweating in a variety of different places, Lumi is going to be great. They've got this fantastic starter pack. It's great for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant. You already know what that is. A cream tube deodorant. This is something I like because I put it on my hands and my feet and the small of my back and maybe in, in my butt crack. I put it there too, okay? Places where you sweat. I sometimes put it under my boobs. And... In this starter pack, you also get two free products of your choice, the mini body wash, the deodorant wipes, shout out to the wipes, they are fantastic, and free shipping. So as a special offer, because you are a Fluently Forward listener, you're going to get five bucks off of a Lumi starter pack with code FLUENTLY at lumipodcast.com. So that's over 40% off your starter pack. Just go to lumipodcast.com and use code FLUENTLY. Okay, and a new thing that I want to start adding into some of these Fluently Forward episodes here, you know, we do intros of what we're talking about, we do timelines, we do fun facts, we do blinds. I want to add in a little section for predictions. Get my Aunt Frodite mixed with Girl Boss Town, mixed with Coco Maco all together. Here are some predictions that I could see happening. I did one of these on TikTok. I could see Joe actually leaning in to the Camp Rock and having Demi Lovato join them for like a you know surprise stop on their tour and they would sing this is real this is me because you know I feel like he's in the shitter with Sophie Turner and um, the very obvious PR damage control he's trying to do with his divorce he could lean into the nostalgia angle and I don't know try to get some of that audience back by doing a camp rock reference another prediction or should I say recommendation 
I think for their next album, and maybe they've already done this because I haven't really listened to the last album, but I haven't seen it in the news. They should have one song where it's just Kevin singing. I don't care if you have to auto-tune it. I'm sure he does have a good voice because he sings backup. I just think that would be a good PR move. It would give a little bit of the spotlight on him. I think it would make things seem more well-rounded. I'm sure his voice is good enough, you know? So I think that would be a good idea. Um, the bonus Jonas, could we see Frankie ever picking up an instrument and joining this? It kind of seems like he doesn't want to, but who knows? And lastly, my prediction, we'll talk about this later with the individuals. If anyone is going to last out of these three couples, okay, well, we're down to two now. I think it is Nick and Priyanka. I'm so excited for their section. Okay, let's do a little bit of two general blinds that we have about the family, and then we'll go into Nick and Kevin um, separately. So this is one blind. It says, there is an ongoing huge split between these singing siblings because of the issues that plagued them in the past. One is super thirsty and just wants all of the attention. So we see this in the blinds throughout over the years, basically saying that Nick Jonas just has a little bit of the thirst monster inside of him. Could we see another split happening? I absolutely could. And I think it would be because of Nick, which is funny because I've listened to his solo stuff. You know, the song Jealous is good. He also did that one with Tovlo, um, Close or something. None of it has blown me away. So if they do ever split up again and it's because of Nick, that would be so embarrassing because it's like, dude, you've tried to go solo twice. At least when, I don't know, Justin Timberlake did it, he was like off to the races. Camille Cabello, has it worked out for her? I, I don't know. I'd say no. I'd say probably no. This was a blind item. We already read this over the page over on the Patreon, but um, Ooh, it's nasty about Kevin Jonas Sr., the pastor. It says, this couple, who you've seen on TV, does a lot of posturing for the camera. Kevin Jonas Sr. and Denise Jonas. They present themselves as a longtime, happily married couple. You've probably heard them give thanks for family and faith at some point. They do it a lot. Behind the scenes, though, it's a totally different story. Dad is having an affair with a young actress whom at least one of his kids starred in a movie with a few years ago. The young girl, who is mostly known for TV, is now of age, and we don't know when the affair started, but the whole situation is really seedy. He is definitely old enough to be her father, and mom and the kids are all really upset about it. Yes, they all know. that there is nothing anyone can say publicly without ruining the reputation of the entire family. First of all, if I could go back to 2016, I would have asked Joe Jonas about this on Reddit because he was just kind of giving everything away back then. But this blind item alleges that this could be about the actress Anna Maria Perez um, for the movie Camp Rock. You might not remember her in Camp Rock. When I looked her up, I remembered her as um, one of those mean girls in Hannah Montana that like every time they got together, they would do like, ooh, that type of, that was like their catchphrase. It is just a blind item. It is alleged. Um, I will say, though, there's only two people I've known in my life who were pastors or very, very religious to the point where they, you know, would have groups of people who weren't religious, like pray with them before they ate and, you know, very open about their faith. 
And they had, both of them were having tons of affairs, not saying, right, correlation and causation. Um, But basically when I read this blind item, I was like, ooh, I'm triggered. I'm triggered to the past. So who knows if that was a thing, but Kevin Jonas Sr., I got my eye on you. All right, let's talk about Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra and their blind items. Now, I'm not going to lie. This couple confused me at first in a big way. And we see this all the time when you have two celebrities of two different vibes, right? Like we're seeing this right now with Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet. We're seeing this with, uh, in the past, Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton. You know, you have people from two different vibes, Priyanka Chopra, this esteemed Bollywood actress, they've also got a 10-year age gap, and Nick Jonas, the youngest baby of the Disney Channel Jonas Brothers. I was not expecting these two together. Their relationship also moved very fast, so um, they were engaged after two months of dating, and then they were married four months later. But you know me, whenever there are couples like this, they confuse me, but I'm always on the woman's side. Like we did that Kylie and Timothy video where I was like, look, he is, he is not Kylie's type, but Kylie is his type. Wait, hold on. Am I saying that right? Timothy is not Kylie Jenner's type, but Kylie Jenner is Timothy Chalamet's type. And we did the history of that. And I think Priyanka Chopra is Nick Jonas's type. You know, he's had a thing for dating the older ladies. And like, I mean, how could she not be anyone's type? She's physically perfect. But Nick Jonas being Priyanka Chopra's type absolutely astounds me. And in all of these interviews, she's like so like, oh, well, like when Nick did this and obviously he's so hot. I'm like, what? Nick Jonas? Like, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. For me, I always saw Priyanka Chopra with someone a little bit more like Tom Hiddleston because I feel like he's also... I don't know, like classy and, you know, well-known. He's acting, he's established. And as we saw with him and Taylor doing all of those photos around the world, he looks great with a partner next to him taking photos, traveling. And I could see like him and Priyanka doing that. But you know what? She chose Nick Jonas. Or as we get into their timeline, he chose her persistently time and time again. So their relationship began with a Twitter DM. They had a mutual friend who told Nick Jonas, oh my God, like you should meet Priyanka. You guys would be a great match. But the friend kept not introducing them together. Mm -hmm. Maybe he had a crush on her. Anyway, so Nick took it upon himself and he DM'd her on Twitter. He was like, I'm hearing from a few mutual friends that we should meet. Um, You know what he did? He probably said buddies. What is it about guys always saying that they have a buddy? They're always like, oh, like a buddy of mine, like a buddy's going to do this, a buddy, buddy. They're on the buddy system. (laughs) They really are. Camp Rock with the buddy system. Anyway, so he said we should meet. And then she said, text me directly. My entire team has access to Twitter. So then they started kind of texting in a friendly but flirtatious way for like a year. Then they're at an Oscars party after they've like been texting for a bit. And this is when they meet or at least see each other for the first time. She's about to leave the party. Nick sees her from across the room and he grabbed her hand and then dropped to his knees and said something. It was like, where have you been all my life? Or like Priyanka, like you're a real person. Like I can't believe it. She loved it. She said that it was very meet cute, very Hollywood movie. I feel uncomfortable even just saying it out loud. That would so not be for me. I'm like a man holding my hands and dropping to his knees for the first time we meet in public with everyone around. Like, I can't. Oh my God, I can't. But she also likes that Nick Jonas plays songs and music for her. And for me, anytime 
I'm, you know, back at a guy's place and he picks up the guitar. Like I want to crawl out of my own skin. So we're just different vibes. Anyway, so that was like the first time, you know, they really saw each other in person after they had been texting. Then the Met Gala happened and Ralph Lauren invited them both to the gala. And they say that, oh, Ralph Lauren had no idea about the two of them. The vibe that I'm getting, and I, I mean, no, they would probably say this if it happened, but I could see Nick Jonas being like, please invite Priyanka to like do it because he was going after her pretty consistently or sorry, persistently. So before they both walked uh, or like did the Met Gala together, you know, with Ralph Lauren, they met for drinks a week before in private. They got on, they did the Met Gala, and then they didn't see each other for a year because they're, you know, as we're going to see in their relationship, they're very busy, very long distance a lot of the time. Then the next Met Gala, they ran into each other again, and then this is when the timing lined up and Nick goes balls to the walls with her. He's asking her out, come to a concert with me and my friends, he's doing all of this, he's very, very persistent. Um... You know what I will say too? She went, Priyanka went on the Howard Stern show and he was saying like, so is it like cute when a guy writes a song for you? And she was like, Howard, like the first time you wrote a song for me, like you have no idea. Like when I heard it, like that was a good night for him. And I feel like she references the way Priyanka acts with Nick makes me feel like I want to date her. Like she always speaks very well of him, very respectfully, a little bit for flirtatiously. Like maybe it's because of their age difference, but it almost is kind of like mommy knows best or like you got this. Like even in the documentary when they're preparing for the concert, Nick is like listening to Bollywood music to like get excited and pumped up for it. And somebody's like to Priyanka, oh, he's listening to Bollywood music right now. And she goes, of course he is. Like there's just something very... I don't know, something about her where it's like, I can handle this, I got this, but also she likes the romance aspect. I just don't know why it's with Nick Jonas. Have you ever seen literally any selfie of them together? This is what it is. She looks great, right? She's there, she looks pretty. And Nick Jonas, I wish this wasn't a podcast so I could like show a picture of the face. He's always doing the quizzical millennial face where like they're posing. And I remember seeing one selfie when he proposed to her, he shut down some Tiffany's store and he like bought her whatever ring she wanted. And then he took a selfie of them and she has her ring on her finger. Her hair is like nestled up in his shoulder. She's smiling. And he's, he's always doing the millennial look where like it's straight faced, but your eyebrows are kind of like quizzically up like, huh? Like what? And I just like, I can't with that face. Like, Oh, you know what? I'll post some photos of it on Instagram this week. So then that way we all have to look at it. Anyway, so I think a lot of people thought, and in the blind items, we're going to talk about this, the blind items, TLDR, are basically like, this is fake, 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 like fake marriage, everything's fake. Um, and I think a lot of people say that as well, because, you know, they seemed to not be in each other's like orbits when they first got together. They got engaged and married so quickly, like within the time frame of um, Joe and Sophie's engagement, they met each other, got engaged, and then got married. And also after their wedding, they did a lot of PR. So like instead of doing a honeymoon, they went to a Bumble red carpet and stuff. I think that Priyanka was like an investor or, you know, an ambassador of the app. Um, and also a lot of their marriage is very long distance, especially right after they were married. Also during COVID, she was in the UK. He was in America. They really didn't spend that much of 2021 together. But after having watched a lot of interviews of them and the roast of the Jonas Brothers on Comedy Special, or no, it was on Netflix. 
I feel like they make perfect sense. You know, I'm the jury's still out on Kylie and Timothy Chalamet, but like I can I can actually see that happening too. And I just feel like Nick is a little vain, right? He was always like the superstar of the show. He like wants to be someone bigger. He like likes the attention. He like wants to be different and like creatively push the boundaries. And I feel like Priyanka also is down to be like, yeah, like let's absolutely take photos and like have a photographer join us on vacation. Like I love that as well. And like, I also want to be pushing this and doing more work and like blah, blah, blah. By work, I mean like uh, creative work, not like cosmetic work. Anyway, so I feel like they kind of balance each other out. Okay. We're going to get into the blind items. Surprise! Some of them are about being gay. Okay, this one says, I wonder if this married, closeted, former boy bander who still does the boy band thing from time to time has ever confronted this three-named actor who all but outed the singer. And this was with Neil Patrick Harris. He played Barney Stinson and How I Met Your Mother. I feel like there's been like a few different quotes that he's done. Remember, he was the one who had the Amy Winehouse cake for a Halloween party, and it was of Amy Winehouse's corpse. Anyway, this was years ago. Um, he was 42 at the time, and he went on the Wendy Williams show, best show on TV. And he was asked who his celebrity crush was, and he said that Nick was his crush. And then he said that like he found him good looking, but like it's not allowed. Like he said, "quote He was really good looking before it was kind of allowed to think that he was good looking," which is just like, dude, you don't you don't have to talk about how you were attracted to him as a teenager, even though yes. I did the same thing in this episode, but that's because I was also 14 at the time, you know? Anyway, then Neil Patrick Harris continued with his quote saying, it was a bit of a problem. You kind of had to wait till he turned to be, you know, 19, 20, blah, blah, blah. So that's just what the blind item is basically referencing. This is one blind item that I think was pretty tame. It says, um, this on-again, off-again boy bander who was A-list solo just looked at his phone the entire night at dinner with his actress wife, who also did nothing but look at her phone. She also ate about two bites from something that cost about $200 and didn't even bother taking it home. And to me, while this is giving like, ooh, like fake PR relationship, I actually feel like that means it's the most authentic. Like that is what you do when you're in a long-term relationship. Sometimes you go out to dinner and you're like, we have nothing left to say to each other. Cause like we just spent four days together. We have blind items about the distance in their relationship, saying this one-third singer is spending a lot of time away from his actress wife right now. It is almost a marriage of convenience right now. I mean, it always has been, but it seems more like it now. There was one saying, um, this closeted A-list singer solo had a good thing going with a closeted employee of his wife. That employee just came out now, though, and he wants the singer to do so, too. I will say, whenever we read blind items about somebody being queer or closeting or affairs, I like how specific it is. <laughs> I like the one where it said that Ellen was cheating on Portia with um, someone who was training their horse. And like there was one about Sacha Barra Cohen cheating on Isla Fisher with um, like his publicist. Like that's what I mean. Like we all know cheating and affairs happen, but I like when we get the job title or something because then I always think to myself, maybe it could be proven, you know, if Priyanka reads this, maybe she goes, okay. That one employee who just came out, let's grill him and see if he had sex with my husband. There was a blind item here saying that Delta Goodram, if that's Goodram, if that's how you pronounce it, she's an Australian singer that Nick Jonas was dating. That was also another age gap relationship. And I think he was like 18, 19 when they started dating. Obviously, this was before people on TikTok were talking about grooming, but this blind item basically says that it was just for PR and it was fake and 
you know, their relationship. They never spent one minute alone. It was just whenever the press was nearby. There's a blind item that says that Sean Mendez and Nick Jonas had hooked up. I don't know if they have, but if they ever did, let's just, let's just say I, I would believe it. I could see that happening. I think that would be cute. And then this last one we're going to do here is um, this A-list singer is the only one of his siblings to have a bodyguard. He doesn't need one, but his actress wife likes having one because it makes her feel important. Of course, she doesn't pay for it herself, though, and if she had to, she would immediately dump the security. Yeah, I feel that. I would kind of want one, too. Um, here's the thing. How rich is Nick Jonas? Because I feel like Priyanka Chopra wouldn't just date, like, someone who is struggling, you know? And everything that the Jonas Brothers make, I assume they're splitting it three ways or maybe like, I don't know, 60, 20, 20 or something. And Nick Jonas is like bougie, right? Like they're pretty bougie. He got her like a big ring. They had like two very extravagant weddings. Um, Something else also happened too. I just feel like they spend a lot of money and I find it hard to believe that they're really taking that much money in, especially if it's being split, but maybe they're doing, I don't know, little things like with the charity where they're getting some kickbacks or something. Okay. Kevin Jonas and Danielle. So Kevin met Danielle. They met on vacation in the Bahamas in 2007, which was right when they were getting started with the whole Disney circuit of everything. And she had a flower in her hair, which I think is cute. They were married a year later and she wore a flower in her hair for her wedding. I think that's cute. Like I love little moments like that. Uh, this is pretty interesting. She has a quote where she says when they first met, I basically ignored him the whole time, which he loved. It reminded him of his mom. Mm. Oh. Anyone who watched the reality show, was there like any tension between her and the mom? I just like, I'm getting boy mom, toxic boy mom vibes from Mrs. Jonas. I think her name is Denise. He also pursued her relentlessly and so did Nick too. So I think it's, you know, I think it's funny that both of them did that. It definitely must have been something that they learned from, you know, their mom or their dad or they were brought up that way. They did a reality show, Married to Jonas. It was canceled after two seasons. I haven't heard the best things about it. And Danielle, um, she founded a jewelry line. And look, no shade to her. She seems very, very nice. She's very sweet. She's very pretty. I know she suffers from anxiety, but she's also not listening to this podcast, so it's fine. She started a jewelry line. And I have to say, there's a quote where she was like, the reason I wanted to start this jewelry line is because I was shopping for jewelry and I just couldn't find what I was looking for. And I was kind of like, what? Like there's so, there's so much jewelry. You go to estate sales and antiques and thrift shops and then you go to the mall and then you have all that. Like there's more jewel. There's every type of jewelry you could imagine. I've seen jewelry from the Byzantine era and I've seen it up forever 21. There's jewelry everywhere. Anyway, so then she was like, I guess there was a gap in the marketplace. There's not. Like, there's enough jewelry. There's enough makeup palettes. There's enough eyeshadow. I don't know. I just find, I don't know. Anyway, so she wanted to make jewelry, and it's like birthstones and stackable jewelry. And obviously, you know, I'm a little bit nosy, so I went on her website to look at it. It's the most, like, basic jewelry I've ever seen in my life, which if you want to start a jewelry, that's fine. I just find it very funny that she's like, the reason this started is because I wanted to make something that had never, ever been done before. Like, there was nothing else that existed out there, and only my jewelry company could do it. And I'm on, I'm on the website right now, and 
it's a necklace with the word miracle on it in cursive and it's earrings with a butterfly charm attached to it and it's a thin gold bracelet and then it's a chunky gold bracelet I mean it, yeah I'm, it's fine I just whatever <laughs> why am I being wenchy I don't know whatever okay let's get into some of their blind items um there are about a million and a half blind items about Kevin Jonas being gay I mean you spin the wheel you now with the blind items it's like spin the wheel it's either cocaine threesome cheating gay um but these blind items were from a variety of sites so um one said we already told you that although this young man is married he is gay and his marriage is fake 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 you might be curious as to whether or not he has a boyfriend yes he does the boyfriend is a relatively unknown singer who hails from the same area where the husband spent part of his childhood he flies to wherever the husband is so that they can spend time together you will occasionally see them in paparazzi shots or in tv clips together but they're never physical in front of the cameras the husband's family doesn't know about the relationship Um, so, you know, that's one. Now we have another one. It says this young celebrity is gay. His parents didn't feel that his sexual orientation would enable him to be successful. So they pushed him into a marriage early to maintain that young, wholesome family image and to quash the gay rumors. They picked out a starstruck young lady for him and quickly announced their engagement. Imagine the young girl's surprise when she found out that her sexy new husband didn't want to have sexy time with her. Um, he goes cruising for guys on the internet. He likes to hit up the gay bars when he's in LA, blah, blah, blah. And then there was another one this time. I think this one was from NT's website. Celebrities often date and marry beards because it's professionally beneficial for them to be seen as straight. Um, and then this was basically just saying that like, here's the thing. I don't believe some of these blind items because, they really paint Danielle Jonas as somebody who like wants fame and she like wants a TV show and she like wants to be a celebrity and she wants this from what I saw of her in the roast and clips from the show and just quotes about her. I think that's the farthest thing she wants. I don't think she wants to be famous or be observed. I think, um, you know, out of the girls, it would go like Priyanka, Sophie, her in terms of like who wants cameras on them. And for the guys, it would probably go, Nick, Joe, Kevin. But I will say if I had to pick anyone out of the three job bras to maybe be, I don't know, bisexual or experiment a little bit, based off of vibes, just like observing them for the research, I would say Kevin would be number one, Nick would be number two, and Joe would be number three. I think all of them have dabbled in it. Come on now, you're in Hollywood, you know. You go out to a party, suck a little dick. I don't know. I could see it happening. Now, this was a blind item that made me curious for anyone who has watched the reality show. This mom really hates the girl her son married. It's actually rather ironic. While she thinks that it's fine for her and her husband to control her son's life, she really resents that her daughter-in-law is now starting to call the shots and force her son into doing things he doesn't want to do. So the mother-in-law is now bad-mouthing the daughter-in-law behind her back. Frankly, it's a little hard to feel sorry for anyone in this scenario. The parents are control freaks, the son is a wimp, and the daughter-in-law is an opportunist. All of them are caught in a series of interconnected lies that affect both their family. This is one saying, um, 
I, once again, I don't believe this because I get good vibes from Danielle, but this blind says that like she's always cheating on Kevin, looking for a way to become more famous. But for once, it is this former A-plus list tweener's turn to cheat on his wife. He found a soccer mom that he sees frequently. And similar to the employee, alleged employee of Priyanka Chopra, I just love how specific it is. Who is that soccer mom? And speaking of specificity, who is she allegedly cheating on him with? We have a blind item here saying this C-list reality star who probably thinks she is an A-list reality star and celebrity, but she's only on TV because of who she's married to. If she wants to keep all of that, then maybe the four-hour sessions with the trainer should be scaled back. Her former A-list celebrity husband is not that stupid. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he is cuckolded. Ooh, I love any blind item that references a cuck. Like, <laughs> yeah, they just tickle me. Um, it's very much giving Daphne from the hotel show on HBO, which is called White Lotus. Get with the trainer, baby. Today's episode is brought to you by Bowl and Branch. I've been using their bed sheets lately, and you can probably tell because in about, I'd say maybe 60% of all of my TikTok videos, I'm making them in bed, and maybe that's because the sheets are so comfortable. So if you, if you see any of those videos, those are the natural color sheets behind me, and I have just been absolutely loving having the sheets on my bed. So Bowl and Branch is different because they make soft, luxurious sheets, but they don't have any toxins or any any harsh chemicals and something that's great about the Bowl and Branch sheets is that they actually get softer and softer with every wash which is kind of the opposite of what a lot of my clothing and other bed sheets have done in the past so I love investing in good high quality essentials and Bowl and Branch is just um absolutely fantastic they feel like butter they're very very breathable from night one it makes me very pumped to go to bed so if you want to sleep better at night with bowl and branch sheets you can get 15 percent off your first order use promo code fluently at bowlandbranch.com that's bowlandbranch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com with the promo code fluently exclusions apply see site for details now joe jonas we already covered him all on Patreon, so if you want the deep dive of him and Sophie, head on over there. I think we did like an hour and 15 minutes on them, but I want to touch on real quick who he dated that wasn't Sophie Turner. So he has a quote about when he dated Demi. We remember this from Camp Rock. They only dated for about a month, and this is a quote he gave to Vulture about her, which by the way... His Reddit AMA from 2016 and this Vulture article are the juiciest thing. Give a raise to whoever interviewed him at Vulture because they have the Howard Stern gift. They were able to get all the juice out of him. So here was his quote. He said about dating Demi, I really got to know her and see the ins and outs of what she was struggling with, like substance abuse. I felt like I needed to take care of her, but at the same time, I was living a lie because I wasn't happy, but felt like I had to stay in it for her because she needed help. I couldn't express any of that, of course, because I had a brand to protect. Go fuck yourself, Joe Jonas. Like, casually cruel is, uh, right? Wasn't that in Mr. Perfectly Fine? So well-pressed in your fine suits, so casually cruel all the eyes on, I don't know whatever actually I'm mad at Taylor Swift so you know I don't think it's true but it was kind of casually cruel what a quote to give like if you here's what I think if you actually got to know her and you actually saw the ins and outs of what she was struggling with with addiction and substance abuse you wouldn't then go to a magazine and be like and being with her was such a bummer because I had to take care of her 
you would probably know that the right thing to do would be zip it and keep mum on what she's going with and support her. You don't, oh, wow, let's give Joe Jonas kudos because he he really helped someone out for a month. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And also he couldn't, he had a brand to protect. I did not like that. I'm not a fan of Joe Jonas and his sexy eyebrows. Now, there was also, once again, in this Vulture article, he talked about how he has dated fans. He said to Vulture, yes, I've dated fans. I can't say that I've never put a foot in that world. There were times where I definitely took advantage of the opportunities I had, which is so funny because like calling it an opportunity, like this ability of me to fuck a fan. What an opportunity that I took advantage of. Why are you talking like a businessman? He continues, I remember I invited a fan to a movie and we just made out the entire time. I must have been 16 or so. Afterward, I was kind of freaking out because I thought she'd go public and the whole world would find out. Luckily, she never did. I think because she assumed that there would be another meetup down the road. But there wasn't. And when Sophie Turner roasted him on the Netflix Jonas Brothers Roast, um, she talked about the purity rings and she was saying that like it wasn't uh, a circular piece of metal that Joe Jonas was sticking his fingers into, but it was coworkers and colleagues and friends and girls and fans. It just, it, it, you know, it seems like he was finger banging a lot of people. Anyway, I just do not get good vibes from Joe Jonas. And uh, to give you a little sneak peek to kind of TLDR what we talked about on the Patreon, if you don't want to listen to the episode, um, the blind items are kind of categorized into ones of Sophie Turner drinking. But then again, she is just British. So I feel like it's not it's not the same way we view it here. Tons of blind items about Joe being the worst to her, cheating on her a lot. Blind items about them not working out. It seems like it has been going down for a while. Tons of threesome blinds. Okay. And then a lot of blinds about Joe Jonas being wild. Booger sugar. Getting drunk. Um, the whole thing with him and Gigi Hadid. The whole thing about him and uh, leaving a girlfriend passed out when she was on drugs because he just wanted to save his reputation. There's just a lot of stuff there. So um, if you're interested, patreon.com slash fluently forward. But that's that's a little bit of the tea off the top if you want a TLDR. So there we go. That's what's going on with the jaw bras. Let me know who your favorite is over on Instagram. We'll be doing some different voting on that. Do we think, you know, this is going to be the end of the Jonas Brothers? Are they going to split up? Are they going to be even better? As time goes on, I find myself more of a Kevin lady. Um, But honestly, my main takeaway from this whole research doc is that I don't know if I like any of them that much. And I really find myself liking Priyanka. I just feel like she's, I don't know, she's just there to be a celebrity. And it's really... I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Especially now, I, I I really should pause and like gather my thoughts on this more. But especially now with like Mila Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher and their apology video and Drew Barrymore and then like the apology videos, I just feel like we have celebrities always trying to be like, I'm relatable and look at me. I'm just like you and I'm so virtuous and I do this and here's who you should vote for and here's like the how you should do with the environment and follow everything like me because like I'm everything. And then I feel like you have 
maybe I'm almost getting Gwyneth Paltrow and Priyanka Chopra vibes together where they're like, I am a celebrity. Like I'm not relatable, but I'm fun to look at and I do work and I'm definitely a little bit above you. So like, I don't think you can wear exactly what I'm wearing. Maybe try to find a dupe of it, but like, look at me. And for some reason you would think that I wouldn't like that, but lately I've just been craving it. So anyway, we'll see what happens with all of them, but the Jabras, man. Let me know if you're going to go see them on tour. I know a couple of floozies over in Discord said that they've got tickets. So thank you for tuning in for me for another episode of Fluently Forward. And I will see you guys next week for another one. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.